0: What is up everyone and welcome into episode 82 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. My name is Mike Johnston from Mike'sLessons.com and my co-host will be joining us shortly as Mr. Mike Dawson, Managing Editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. It's going to be a bit of a rushed podcast because later today I'm heading off to England. I'll be giving a clinic on Saturday, March 5th at the Phoenix Theatre in Leeds. I hope to see you guys all out there. The clinic starts at 7pm. Once we get all caught up, Mike and I will be talking about our featured artist and that is the late, great Clyde Stubblefield. In our education section, Mike and I will talk about double stroke rolls. How do you speed them up and most importantly how do you improve your clarity in our gear review section mike will be checking out the istanbul Mehmet x-ray special effects symbols we'll get to your listener questions and as always we'll give you our picks of the week so let's get started Good, good morning. Mike, good morning good morning hot dog <laughs> all it takes is a half a bagel and you are on fire
1: no sleep and a half a bagel and some coffee man. and i'm good to go this is some coffee. <laughs> sleep is for kids.
0: Kids sleep, men work, women work. How are you, bud? I'm doing
1: pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah? despite the fact that I was you know, didn't get too much rest this week, but I'm good. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Gigging? I did. I gigged um Sunday. Actually, there's something I wanted to talk about the um we'll do a more full review on those Evans heads in a later episode when okay. when the re- print review comes out, but yeah. I was a host for this open mic jam thing on Sunday, and I took my kit with those heads on it. No, these are the UV ones. Yeah, the UV ones. Like yep, it's like new process of coating or whatever, Silkscreen coating. Yep. Okay. Um, and I knew there was going to be some knuckleheads playing in my kit, so <laughs> and this and one guy delivered the goods. I mean, he went up there and wailed. <laughs> wailed like <laughs> knocked the bass drum off the pedal like the whole thing right uh, like, and, sweet. <laughs> and then, when finally when they were done you know i was just laughing and the guys in the band I'm like man aren't you like offended that he destroyed your kit i'm like no i actually brought this kit to see what he would do to it see what someone would do to it right and, and the heads are like brand new like he didn't even touch them so really yeah i mean it wasn't i mean it's not a fair durability test he only played for about 25 minutes but but those still 25 he was going minutes, in. He had bad technique, digging into the heads. I mean And just, aren't these single ply heads? Yeah, just like a single ply coated head. But hey. yeah, not even a single mark, no dents, no dirt, nothing. They look brand new. So it's kinda cool. So initial results are they are pretty darn sturdy. Wow, look at that. And you got to use the
0: word knucklehead in a podcast.
1: That is so, I mean, I don't know, Wally Cleaver of you. Every drummer joke kind of went through my head while these dudes were playing.
0: (laughs) That's so rad. And they're all listening to the podcast right now. I hope not. I really hope not. And you know what? The best part is they are going like, yeah, I
1: remember that guy he's talking about. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. me. I'm not knucklehead. You know, That's awesome. I mean, it was fine. I mean, it's just, it's an open mic, so you'd expect people to just have fun, and, and I, don't, I don't expect the people with the most professional touch to play, because it's an open mic, otherwise they would yeah, be vegan on their own.
0: and there are times in open mics, too, where somebody that honestly doesn't really even play anymore gets kind of pushed by their family members or their friends, like, get up there. You used to play drums. Yeah, it's like, exactly. all right, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I've got enough pops in me. I'll go do it. And then the so, animal yeah, comes out. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like Mark and Keith Carlock are sitting in the audience, like, okay, I'll go
1: take my 15 now. Right. Um, and then did you use a new snare for that too? I did. Uh, John Cross Drums. They've been at NAM a few times. I think it's just a one-man operation. But he, um, he had this really awesome ebony drum at the show, stage okay. show ebony drum. So he sent it to me to review and I took it to I took it to the session on Sunday and I also took it to like a super loud gig on Thursday where nothing was mic'd up, but it was like full on modern rock, you know, assault. Um, and this hey, sound- do you know oh go ahead, sorry, I just
0: asked do you know is this the dude that makes the drum that Todd Zuckerman plays? Oh, I don't know. It's I think it's J A J O N Cross. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. John Cross Custom Drums Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I just it looks really familiar to something that Todd was playing for a while. So not, that,
1: if, not that stainbridge drum.
0: That might oh be that's right, that's about. what it was. Similar okay.
1: similar, like real kind of classy. Yeah, I mean looking. it's just super classy, it's gorgeous, it's got the pinstripes. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> nice, man. So yeah. So you took
1: the ebony. The ebony, ebony one? which is a really hard wood. I knew it was going to be loud. Um, I knew it would have potential to be really loud. Sure. Uh and it sounded like that snare drum was mic'd up, even in this, we were in kind of like a big really? big room with no, I mean, it was like a PA on a stick, and the singer's just screaming through that. The only thing coming through the PA is the, the singer screaming through it, and wow. the amps are cranked, and I'm having to just, like, crush the drums. Right. But it felt like the snare was amplified. I mean, it was like, like, had reverb on it, like, naturally. Wow. Pretty, pretty awesome. So I took that to that gig, and it was a ton of fun, and then I took it to the session, and it was the same thing, like i didn't have to it wasn't like so harsh that i didn't, didn't want to hit it it was just like a good right. comfortable powerful sound nice really cool so stave and drums and was it the 14 by ebony. six and a half yeah i don't know if it's does he have a shot of it on his side he probably does it was kind I of think like it, his yeah it sounds uh, uh macassar garboon ebony that's probably it let me take a look <laughs> Uh, custom snare where you where'd you find it it's the one in the top left if you go yep i think that's it yeah that's it and Boom. He, he sent it with die cast and triple flange i think i just used the triple flange and it was it was pretty awesome so if you're looking for a boutique um stave shell drum which stave steel drums have tons of power um, this guy this thing delivered it's a lot of fun nice man that's
0: awesome and oh wait the top left, so it's the Leopardwood Jara Ebony? I think so. I'll have to open up my email and find out. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was uh, just looking for the darkest drum I could find, so I went straight to the Macassar Ebony. Either way,
1: it um, is, it is, it is, yeah, What it's, is it, Mike? It's the, um, I don't know if it's on his site, but it's like a dark brown kind of chocolatey looking drum. Mm-hmm. Six and a half by 14.
0: There you go. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And and I mean honestly for how custom and gorgeous these things are, the prices are pretty good too. So, yeah, top right. Were, that's were, the
1: one top right. If top you go right, to his okay, custom yeah. snare's link on John com. it's the top right. Yep. Uh yeah, that's the Macassar ebony, um, 1295,
0: man, for that drums not bad. No. Mean, that's That's where I would expect it to. That's where I would hope it to be. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you see a little Twenty six ninety two, and I'm like, "Are you sure? It's a lot of money." Uh, yeah, but, I mean, I would yeah, put it on I would put it, it on.
1: expect on par with the power of a bell brass drum. Like it was just nice. It was nuts, and and you know, just yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's again, it's I like I like when one one man shops are just on really cool stuff. So this is a, cool, another man. one to check out. <clears throat> so anyway, cool. that's that, and mm-hmm. another big news in modern drummer world is we finally soft launch the digital archive through the website so you can access 40 plus years of modern drummer content in its entirety on our website now wow yeah so it's a subscription based thing so i think it's like five bucks a month if you just want to access the archive or you can add it to your your current subscription Uh, there's various different programs but the, really, the cool part is you can go onto that site, which is com backslash archive, and you can read three complete articles for free. So anything you want, you can just pick something, read the entire thing. You cool. can share it. You can you know, do whatever you want to do. You get three of them for free, and then you have to subscribe. But, so yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. I think, uh, it's a long time coming. We've been waiting to finally get this happening for years, but it's, it's a lot of work. How do you get the, I mean I don't understand how you get the old ones in there do you have to scan the actual pages like well from, there's there's the PDFs are there so you can like literally look at the magazine um, PDF form but the guys have had to literally copy and paste all the text into web posts and format it correctly. I was gonna say
0: I mean thirty years ago it's not like you did any of this digitally, so you wouldn't no. have anything to it go was, by you was, have this
1: I mean have you ever tried to copy text out of an old PDF <laughs> It's, yeah, it's a nightmare. You get like tons of returns and random spaces and question yeah. marks and things. Wow. So yeah, they've been working their butts off. They had to the copy and paste every every article. Not I mean not every article is in there. We don't have like news and stuff from 1982. Sure. But um, <laughs> you know, it's not really too relevant, but all the features and things are there. So yeah, they've been working their butt off, so it's there. So we're hoping uh everyone can go check it out and I I would like some feedback from some of our listeners just Go on there, explore, com backslash archive. Let us know if you find any bugs or anything, because like I said, this is kind of a soft launch just for our current subscribers and a little bit of uh, social media promotion, but it's pretty cool. So I was able to share the entire Shannon Forrest cover story that I wrote a couple years ago, which we've never done before. We've never opened our content up like that before. Right. So it's exciting. Good times here. We're excited. Good, man.
0: That's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. So. I will check it out. Maybe I can, uh, maybe I'll pay for the internet on the flight to England today. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll check it out.
1: So what's the, yeah. was it a festival, a clinic? What is
0: it? No, it's, uh, well, it was supposed to be like a 10 day trip and then uh, the fine folks at, uh, what's it called? Music Mesa shut it down. It was weird. Mm. I don't, I don't really understand. I still, don't, I still didn't get the full story. Wait a minute. What? Um, yeah. So, so it started off with this place called Crash Drum School in Leeds saying, hey, we'd like to bring you in. They've had Benny and Annika and Yost and everyone said, we want to bring you in. And I said, oh, okay, great. And when somebody brings you in and they're the first ones, they agree to get you there and to get you home. The date range doesn't mean anything to them because they're just paying for you to get there and get home. Yeah. So I said, okay, cool. Um, then let's extend it. Just make my flight home 10 days later after I get there. I'll fill in the rest of the dates, do you know London drum shop and um, or bell percussion? I'll, I'll you know and maybe jump over to Ireland and to uh, Scotland real quick, and then uh, yeah, I got word from uh, Music Mesa that they were. I, I don't know what I don't even know how it came to us, but it was kind of like, hey, you're playing all four days of Music Mesa. Can you not do? Anything else leading up to it? Um, huh. Kind of like the way you wouldn't want a band to do a, a bar gig the night before their arena show, you know. And it's like huh. uh, in the same town. And so, so yeah. So then I had to call the guy back. So like, I'm literally going to England to do um, two master classes and a clinic at the at this uh, place called the Phoenix Theatre in Leeds. So if any of you guys, if any of you listeners, are going to be in uh, anywhere near Leeds. Uh, I think it's actually in Castleford is the actual town, but I'll be at the Phoenix Theatre on Saturday night uh, at seven PM. Please come out and hang, man. Like this, literally is going to be my only trip to England or London or anywhere around there for the entire year. Um, so, so yeah, so come on out. But so yeah, I'm just going to go do that, and then I come back. I'll be back on Sunday night. So
1: wait, you're um, not doing Mesa?
0: No, I am. Uh, <laughs> so Mesa. They were the ones that just said so what was gonna happen was I was gonna make a ten day trip out of this and then they said if you could not do all those other clinics you were gonna do, we'd appreciate that. Um But it which was still weird to me. I'm like, would anybody not go to huh. Music Mesa because I did a clinic in Ireland? Like, I don't think so. That's kinda of weird. I don't either. Yeah, it's so so I haven't and obviously there's a buffer between me and them, as far as it's all going through Amber and Norbert at Meinl, so I, I really don't know exactly what happened. Um, it seemed, it still seems kind of weird to me, but I really want to play Mesa because it's myself, Annika, Chris Coleman, Yoast, and so it's like, uh, and I've never been to Music Mesa, so mm-hmm. it's like whatever you guys say, I'm down. So I'm sure it was just some, maybe just something lost in translation. We'll see. But so, either way, I'm, I'm happy to do both.
1: So you're flying home and then flying back.
0: Like when well, is Mesa? Mesa's in like another month. I really don't understand why they would not want you to do these clinics. I really don't either, man. And I'm trying to be super nice about it. <laughs> you know that if uh, this wasn't a podcast, <laughs> then I'd be like, what in the funky drummer's going on? Let me get my clinics in, man. I need to get some reps. If you man, want me to play good, I got to get some reps in. That's so, anyways. abusive.
1: That's really abusive, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Who's That's behind why I'm this? Hoping there's
0: Because I met the people from MESA at Nam and they were like the sweetest people ever. Like crazy sweet. So Aww. it wasn't like this weird, you know, you can't do clinic. They were super nice. So I'm just hoping something got lost in translation. That's my hope. Uh, either way, I'm happy to do both. And I'm super stoked about the clinic on Saturday because I'm hitting the stride of I don't give a hoot. <laughs> uh, like I just want to play. I just oh, want to cool. play my ass off. And I'm having so much fun, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I don't know. There's this little bit of Nate Smith's videos kind of entering my head of just yeah. like, just go for it, man. Yeah. Just go in. And and don't be scared of space. Like uh, I put up a video on uh, Instagram, which was no space. Every note that I knew all at once, <laughs> yeah. just barfing drums. But what was happening right before that was the complete opposite of like, okay, I'm just going to... Kind of the way that Keith Carlock with Wayne Krantz will just change tempos with no signal or anything, Mm -hmm. just like new tempo. I'm not trying to glue things together. Uh, JP talked about that at our last camp, where in his soloing, he's like, I'm not transitioning from one tempo to the next with anything that connects it. I just make a decision, new tempo. I'm sick of being here. And he just goes for it. And as long as you do it with full commitment, and it's not in a musical setting, it's in a drum solo setting, it works fine. Uh, it's more about you committing to it. So, anyways, uh, I'm really excited just to go there. And I haven't had a clinic that wasn't a festival in years, man. Everything has been festivals, and there's just this mm. added pressure of all the pro drummers standing on the side of the stage. So to have a clinic come up where I'm like, dude, I'm just the only one here. This, I, I'm, I'm not as scared to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. If it goes bad, it's like, dude, we're family. Let's. I, I'm not worried about. Dennis judging me um, and I think really what people want is the educational stuff anyway So exactly that's why I'm there yeah um, so so yeah so I'm really excited to do that so it should be fun is there a, well, a warm up act yeah. for you no it's just you no just, just whatever I put on my iPad. Uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll put some some horrible, out of time, terrible drumming on in the in the house for like an hour, just so when I come out, people are like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, um, or maybe just some like slow <clears throat> hymns mm. with no drums whatsoever just will so set to the vibe drums. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh well talking about education <clears throat> double stroke roll that dang thing yes it, you know you feel like you learn it the day you start playing drums and you feel 30 years later that you still can't do it it's a it's a biscuit man
1: um how old were you when you started working on your double stroke roll Oh, man, fifth grade, I guess. But yeah. I mean, to say that I really was getting into it not until uh, eighth grade at the earliest, I mean, really feeling like I wasn't just flopping the sticks down. Well, let me ask you this Did you, because I felt like I got
0: held back in my role by my band teacher because he he didn't have the time to teach me a proper double stroke roll so he let me do baby bouncies or what i call Mm. pinkies out doubles because he needed it done by the recital time you know yeah and and it was going to take two years for me to develop real doubles so i thought i was doing doubles because i played snare drum in school band before i played drum set and when i got to the drum Mm. set and tried to do a double stroke roll on my floor tom with my pinkies out and my baby bouncies (laughs) it was (laughs) like wait a minute what happened like And then I, then I made it, it wasn't, it still didn't even click for me. I was in fourth and fifth grade. So then it was like, man, I got to get that snare at school. That one's great. Uh, I can rip on that one. (laughs) The super tight, you know, student Ludwig. Um, So yeah. So I I feel like I got this two to three year grace period of just bouncing out my doubles and assuming they were working Mm -hmm. before it really Mm -hmm. hit me that like, Oh, that's not what the pros are doing. They actually are muscling out each note. Right. Um, exactly. I mean, there is finesse there for sure. But I can allow for rebound and finesse on the snare and the hi-hat, but when I start to make it over to the toms, I'm gonna have to muscle them out a little bit more. You yeah, know?
1: yeah, exactly. I think that's the the number one question I get asked is, you know, how can I how can I improve my double stroke roll? And I'm like, there is no secret answer. I mean you have nope. to you have to spend so much time developing those muscles and and i you know i have to be very thankful that starting in sixth grade we had a percussion specialist who came to all the middle schools and taught just the percussionist for like 45 minutes every you know once a week or maybe once every two weeks that's awesome so we worked through the Alfred drum method book and that has all the rudiments in there and he was he was able to really make sure that we were paying attention to our roles and stuff but it was once i got into marching band i mean that's 90% Ninety percent of what you're practicing is your double strokes. I mean, it's because everything about at least the, that contemporary style of rudimental drumming is about the double stroke roll. So, yeah. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even guess how many hours I've woodshedded the double stroke roll over twenty years. Oh 25. yeah, no, I, can't I, mean, even, I can't even guess.
0: Thousands, it's insane.
1: Thousands and yeah. thousands of hours. Uh, so I think it's and
0: it's still currently Dave Weckl's warm up.
1: He yeah. says he warms up with doubles just. You know, quiet to loud, slow to fast. That's it. Yeah, and it's like a. And what I've realized is, it's like a balance between muscling out with your wrist, letting the fingers help, and then also utilizing the rebound. It's really kind of hard for me to break it down to someone. It's right. Kind of like you have to, just like the buzz roll, where I can show you and tell you, but you have to put your hands on the sticks and get get the feel for it. Cause sure. I think a good double stroke roll kind of floats; it's kind of weightless. Absolutely. And it, it looks effortless, but it's there's a ton of effort being you know, just like a ballet dancer. Like when you look at on the stage it look graceful, but if you would look at them up close and all the muscle fibers, I mean they're they're really engaged. Right. And I think it's the same I, thing. I've always seen travel. it like a like a boxing speed bag. If mm. you it,
0: once it's going it looks like it's just just flowing right but there's so much work and precision that goes into making it look like that yeah and as soon as you have one misstep the whole thing falls apart <laughs> yes. and yes. you know the one thing that's great about doubles compared to all the other rudiments is that it doesn't take a lot of brain power there's not a lot of pattern recognition it only takes you a few days to realize it's two hits per hand yeah paradiddle that's it's the opposite it's like you know single single double single single double lead right lead left it's all over the map in comparison uh but with the double stroke roll it's like two hits per hand but you know one thing you can do for those of you guys that are practicing this is really really get your hands as loose as you can and play your doubles Mm -hmm. then do the complete opposite grip the sticks like you're going to kill them and try to just muscle it out with the wrists and understand The magic is somewhere between those two. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know anybody that does fully flexed hands, all wrist doubles. And I don't really enjoy anybody that's got their pinkies flared out and they're just (laughs) bouncing them. It's somewhere in between. But when you see it done right, and I I hate to say it because I'm not this guy, a good traditional grip double struggle. (laughs) Oh, God, that's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful, man. When you see Vinny you just go. Oh. Yeah,
1: I think it's Vinny, just, I know I've said it before. He's got the perfect grip. So I think if anyone wants yeah. to examine someone's mechanics, he's the guy. Just look at every video you can find. His he's so fluid, but yet he, he's not he's not loose. Like like Keith Carlock right. is like a like a magician with his grip. It's like how's he even holding on to those sticks? But right. Yeah, and, and if you try to emulate that, you're in for some serious trouble, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Vinny Very has he's, injury. He's, Vinny's got textbook perfect hands, I, 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 in my opinion. Yeah, it's got the perfect yeah. combination of of firmness and looseness and grace and power. It's all right there. His yeah, left man, hand, I, especially.
0: Yeah, I, I, my favorite hands are probably you know Vinny and, and Dave. I, I love. Um, I mean, Dave has that same fluid double stroke. You know, I mean, Dave loves himself some doubles, <laughs> yeah, you know. He's yeah. <laughs> into everything. Um, and, you know, like, one of my favorite things about a great, great drummer when I see them play live is when I can't tell was that doubles or singles because it was so fluid. Yeah, right. And it's just like, ooh, it's just too good. But <laughs> the, the double stroke roll, the, the tough thing with it is people... N- not understanding the difference between the words simple and easy. It is simple. It is not complex whatsoever, but it's not easy. It takes so much time, so much dedication. And, yeah. and I think that the nuances, like you said, the nuances of the double stroke roll are complex. That's the hard part is on paper. It's like, I just go right, right, left, left. How is this that so hard, <laughs> yeah. but it's the nuances to make it buttery and smooth. And then the other thing is where is that? Where's your, where's your, your double stroke roll that that makes it personal because you can really loosen the grip and go full zigaboo and have this kind of crunchy, sloppy double that is just beautiful in its own right. And then you can go too far the other way and have military doubles and have marching doubles on a drum set. But somewhere in between those is where everyone lives and everyone has their own version of it. Yeah, that's Um, true. And it's such a cool thing. Like I love when I hear somebody do a little five stroke roll on a hi hat in a groove that's like one of those signature things where it's like oh, I can't wait to hear what yours sounds like we all have it Mm. but is yours super precise and almost stale is it just sloppy because you seriously can't play doubles but you wish you could (laughs) or you know what is it and everyone has something and and it's funny too. Like when you see a pro do something super sloppy, we're like, "Oh, so greasy." <laughs> when you see an amateur do it sloppy, it's like, "Dude, you got to work on your doubles." Hey, yeah, work on it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if funny. Steve Jordan did it, I'd be like, "Oh, so greasy." He's so so <laughs> magical. You know, it wouldn't even occur to me that maybe he can't play doubles. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. But doubles are a weird thing, especially for jazz cats too, man. You know, when when somebody grows up primarily playing on a on a bop kit, they're so used to using doubles on the entire drum set yeah that's true. they get on a rock kit and they're like oh my gosh this doesn't work and it's like not unless you're going to fully dennis chambers this thing yep. you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play on your pillows to be able to do this so
1: what are some of your yeah. favorite double stroke exercises
0: it, it's nothing like you would it, like i don't do the doubles and then hit the second hit harder um i just play them as even as i can one, one thing that i've done forever is I play all of my numbered roles uh five, seven, nine, 13 and I do them for like four bars as doubles, then four bars as singles, and see which one I can get to be cleaner hm you know so it's just duh-ga-duh, as doubles then as singles it kind of gets a little more stiffened duh-duh-duh-duh, duh-duh-duh, duh-duh-duh-duh. Yeah. and then I try to even those two out so back and forth all, like my sevens uh, my nines, every role that I can play, I play as singles and doubles. what about you
1: uh well, I think the most effective ones are the most boring ones like um like the the really classic marching double stroke pattern 1 e a 2 and uh e and 4 and 1 e uh-huh. a 2. I mean, doing that, I mean, I must have shed that hundreds of hours. So it's just the right hand 1 e a 2 and uh e and 4 and and switch hands. So that oh, that oh, really oh, teaches oh, like yeah. how to really stroke them out because you can't you can't really bounce that. <laughs> We're not to use the word stroke here, Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just turned my head. I tried to let you have it. I said stroke I just, them out. <laughs> I know. I know. Stroke. <laughs> stroke. Whatever. It's all good. Anyways, good uh, Lord, yeah. I, I. How about this? Let's
1: go with muscle it out. Can we go with that just for now? But no, it's not a muscle thing. I mean, okay, sure, whatever, man. It's it's a stroke. It's a double stroke. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta effort it out. I got you. I got you, man. I to use the wrist. On the f- you're having yes. to use primarily the wrist. So that one I I I shed a ton and then uh actually my the one of my teachers who I think had the most seamless and powerful drum all I've ever heard, Mike Shepard, he he his snare drum is pretty loose on his drum set. Okay. So he really had all the students do the thing where you accent the second note of every double. Sure. Not, not a ton, but just a subtle snapping of the fingers. Right. And that really helped me kind of understand the, the importance of that second note. So you can't really just let it flop.
0: I think for me, I use that with students when I notice that they, that the, it's the opposite. When I see that the, they use that first stroke and then the momentum of that to get the second stroke. That's Mm -hmm. when I say, okay, we have to reverse this. The other thing is I make my students um, hold the sticks all the way up towards the tip, and then they play their doubles on their forearms. So, da, 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 yeah, da, okay, um, and that allows them to engage their fingers. Because I want them. It's so funny when people, when teachers say, "Well, you should use more finger." It's like, yeah, mine don't work, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't use them until I can use them. So you're going to have to teach me how to train them before you tell me to use more of something that I don't even have the ability to do. I remember being in like seventh and eighth grade and my teacher's saying you need to use more fingers i'm like i I don't even know what the hell that means yeah so it's like how about you come up with an exercise that will force me to use my fingers where i won't and then it's like oh i can feel okay this is this little grippy thing going on i got it so yeah so having my students hold the sticks towards the tips hands in normal position down by their sides and then playing double strokes on their forearms the wrist initiates the stroke and then their fingers grip the second stroke. Uh that's that's something that I use all the time. Yeah. I mean I guess the long so. and short of it is there's no short of it. <laughs>
1: you have to there, just that's spend
0: it. tons that's, of time man, on it. <laughs> that's I think the drums would uh be a much bigger <laughs> instrument in our industry if it if it didn't take so much time. But right. it really does. It just takes time. And you have to trust in the time. That's the that's the big problem is people get a few hours in, you know, and maybe a few days, a few weeks in and they think in anything else in my life, this would have happened by now.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So this
0: has to be Very wrong, true. and it's like no, 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 This one actually, this in golf, it just takes forever, <laughs> man. Like this, there's no shortcut. You know, when when you mow a giant lawn, you put in two hours, and you stand back and look with pride <laughs> at that cut green, and you say, "Hell yeah, let's 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 go putt on that thing." But when you do that with drums, you're like, yeah, "I think I might be worse." It's so, the
1: truth. I mean, it, I I literally I've been playing drums for going on 30 years now Mm -hmm. and it's not until the last let me say a year and a half that i wasn't completely embarrassed by my playing like yeah i mean i'm I'm at the point now where i'm like oh you know what that doesn't sound too bad there's still some problems but it doesn't sound too bad nearly 30 years (laughs) and we're not talking about the same as
0: like gigging drummer guy who has owned drums for 30 years you and i have been actually practicing like a large portion of our day is built out of Really trying to become better at this instrument. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> Why the humbling. hell did we sign up for this? This is stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like you, uh, sw- well, the
1: thing is, you see like the Weckles and the Vinnies, you're like, okay, a human being can achieve these things. Right. So I just like, they just keep dangling the carrot in front of you. One yep. day I'll be able to do that. And I'm like, man, maybe one day, but I can, I can play Billie Jean with confidence now. <laughs> like, right. I'm finally, the, the thing that one. sucks
0: is when I assume that we had the same trajectory and then I see Weckle at 17, and I'm like, oh wait you've always been like like that (laughs) oh that sucks because if you see me at 17 it wasn't very you don't get to see the glimpse of yeah yeah i can see how that happened it's like that guy was horrible so i'm I'm just hoping
1: i'm hoping it's kind of like when you're in high school and some kids are really good at baseball you know or like when you're 13 one kid is like way better than the other kids but then when you get to like senior year of high school they kind of level out i'm hoping that's the deal with 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 when us when we're senior citizens yeah we're chasing that- <laughs> when when their skills deteriorate to the point we'll be like right yeah i can oh, i can finally yeah. play that double stroke role, <laughs> sweet so our i guess the greatest moment of
0: our life is seeing Vinny and dave with either a cane or a walker at <laughs> oh, and we'll be like, it's our time it's our time terrible. the hits <laughs> well dude i'm talking like they're in their like 90s <laughs> And we'll be in our, what, like, 70s, and we'll be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, too oh, bad we're already God. being
1: superseded by the Matt Gartskos of the world. <clears throat> They're already Full there.
0: Jeez <laughs> <laughs> Louise. Goodness gracious. Well, he's not too good. <laughs> Holy hell. I have, I can't wait till—we're covering my, Matt next week, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Matt next week. I can't wait. I have some good stories. All right. Good stories. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into our featured artist. It is the late, great Clyde Stubblefield. Uh, if you guys don't know who Clyde is— Uh, Which I'm assuming you all do, but if you don't, uh, you would have seen his picture on almost everybody's page on Facebook in the last couple weeks. Because, um,
1: do you know when he passed? Was it? Gosh, I think it was like it was over a weekend, last weekend, I guess, maybe. Right. And uh, I mean. Obviously,
0: just an absolute legend, um, not only as a drummer, but as a person. I don't know anyone that ever had any kind of meetings with Clyde that didn't just come away beaming. Um, He's just one of the greats for sure, and he'll be missed. But at the same time, I don't see it as being sad as far as, man, we all have a finite time here, and... It can be judged by how many people you touch, how many people you influence what kind of legacy you left behind and i can't imagine there's a lot of drummers out there that have l- left a bigger legacy than clyde stubblefield i mean mm-hmm. this is and and i'm not thinking even really drumming i 'm thinking about non musicians dancing in their kitchen while making breakfast twenty years ago i 'm talking about people that used his grooves to dance to at their weddings I mean this guy influenced people 's human beings lives he made the world better by playing these grooves that just made you feel good you know you were happy you don't you don't hear a Clyde Stubblefield groove and think like oh i gotta call my mom yeah. like you <laughs> dance like you feel good you go man i want to play drums so yeah. it's like yeah. i i mean i put up a thing on on <clears throat> instagram saying like i i'm i'm just excited that i was alive during his time i'm i'm glad that yeah. i didn't have to research. I'm glad that I got to see him through 20 cymbal stands at NAMM and be like, is that freaking Clyde Stonefield? Oh my God. And then it's like, and oh, I'm yeah. not going to go
1: meet him. And you got to think like, I don't know when he joined James Brown's band and what phase it was, but I'm assuming it's when James was still kind of doing more of a soul thing. So Clyde yeah, was, was in there. And, yeah. He was there during the soul era. And then he was there when James Brown you know, basically invented funk so he was right. he was part of that. So he was a major player in soul, he was a major player in the creation of funk. And then we would have no hip hop if it wasn't for the breaks that Clyde played. I mean Right. I mean maybe it's not true. They were using some drum machines, but largely they were sampling James Brown drum breaks, which were Clyde and Jabbo and all those guys. So to be a yeah. significant and drum and bass. So that's four genres that Clyde Stubblefield has his fingerprints on. Man. And I'm sure there's more. That's Absolutely. insane. What an insane career. Uh, un- unreal, man. And
0: <clears throat> it just never got old. you know. Every time you go back and, and try to play the funky drummer, you just go like, eh, I can't play it like that. <laughs> no. I still can't play like that. What an elusive and,
1: groove. It's so oh, elusive.
0: Man, I watched um, – so I don't know if you saw the thing that Minel did where they had – they took Jabo and um, Clyde and, and uh, put them together – This was like only a few years ago. And and then they had Sput interview them and everything. Anyways.
1: That's cool.
0: It was a really cool thing. And so when I did the camp two years ago with Sput, he played the funky drummer and he was saying – and he recounted the whole story of Clyde telling him like what it was like to have to play that groove. And he wrote that groove and it was a total workout for himself. Mm -hmm. But – James, there is no click track. James counts off the songs every night. And if James is on fire, then that song is going in. And Clyde was saying, man, there were nights where I thought my arm was going to fall off. It just, he counted it off too fast. And that groove, and that groove, you cannot play that groove with two hands. The, The nuances are in playing it with one hand, all the ghost notes. So yeah, it was, I mean, it never even occurred to me that somebody as great as James Brown. Was in an era where no one was on a click. Yeah. Just, oh, dude, dude, oh! And you just go. they probably
1: played at 10, 15 minutes or eight. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like, you know, James
1: is talking and, like, you know. Cloud's probably should... looking over at Jabot, like, come on, man, take over,
0: take oh, somebody, over. Somebody, somebody. Can you play the E's and us? I'll just play the eighth notes. I <laughs> can't do this anymore. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I, I think that the funky drummer i don't know man i i'm trying to think what my my clyde groove was because it definitely wasn't the funky drummer the funky drummer to me was homework yeah and it wasn't till way later in my life that i really appreciated it for what it was but it was it was almost one of those things it's almost like wipeout where people just assume well you know it right like (laughs) you have to play it it's like i I don't it wasn't my thing man and and so
1: drummer in the title you must know it yeah
0: Exactly, exactly. It's like yes, I know that, I know the fill to in the air tonight, and that's all I know. And wipe out. And a little bit of Hawaii five O.
1: Sing, sing, um, sing, and I got a DeVito, those are the other ones I get all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, I would say Ain't It Funky Now, that's kind of my jam. Um I liked a little bit of the slower, greasier stuff, you know. Um and I'm not saying these are the most influential ones, but that one Yeah. Um I think you them- know, Say, oh, I think
1: ahead. one of the most wicked ones is I Got the Feeling with the left hand going freaking yeah. crazy in the second half of the phrase. I can't. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been able to play that one with any kind of confidence. You know, I don't know what it is about his grooves, but there's
0: something with people like him and Jeff Picaro where I actually, and it's not the same as you because I know you've actually put in the time on the stuff. I, I, it's almost like a fear factor where it's like, ah. Uh, I don't want to fail, so I'm not going to try, right? Um, And I just leave it alone. And I know that really putting in that five-year period of life where all I do is work on James Brown tunes and Clyde's grooves and Jabo's grooves, I know it would benefit me massively. But it's kind of like... I'm never going to do it as good as they did, and they did it. So let's just listen to it, you know. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I've definitely put in—I've definitely put in my James Brown time, just because you have to teach it. So many yeah. people come to you and say, "I want to learn funky drummer. I want to learn Cold Sweat." Um, yeah,
1: I had the uh, like I said of—I think it was the 20 greatest hits that came out in the mid '90s, and that was mm-hmm. like that was in my Walkman I daily. I mean, whenever yeah. I would just sit down with a kid, I'm like, "All right, let me." Let me try to get the groove to this song down. A cold Sweat is probably my favorite with that delayed yeah. backbeat in the first bar. I think that... I could be wrong, but I think that was kind of innovative. No one was delaying the backbeat like that. No.
0: And that's what gave us the drum and bass feel, right? Yeah, right.
1: And that one's that achievable. Groove. I think that one anyone can sit down and, and practice, too. Funky Drummer, I think, is, is frustrating. I got I got the feeling for me it's going to be like my deathbed song like can I play right. that freaking song yet because it's just so the left hand is just going crazy and the fact that these cats you know both Clyde
0: and Jabo had no lessons no they didn't go to drum school they didn't go to music school right they just played man and it's like there's something about that that's just so elusive I mean I feel the same way about Zigaboo where it's just like there's just something elusive about it where it's like ah, that's why when you said um, I got the feeling you can hear most of the notes, so you can actually figure it out on your own. Yeah. Where
1: with funky Drummer, you're like, is that a ghost? Is that a hi hat? Is that an yeah.
0: open? Because he's playing so um,
1: light. That's the other thing that makes I these drums really difficult. I mean, you can if you if you're crushing the snare, it's a little bit easier to to play these things. But they're he's not crushing. He's playing really light. No. so the difference and, between the ghost notes and the accents aren't isn't that huge, right? But yet it's well, really and the, clean. And the difference.
0: Uh, I guess sonically between his ghost notes and his quiet hi hats,
1: hi hat hits, isn't mm-hmm. that different? Because he's got those soft old school hats. Yep. And a little so, bit of left foot opening that's like barely audible. Uh, I mean, it's so much yeah. little stuff happening. And it's just
0: <laughs> patent leather shoes tapping on the floor of the studio. Like, yeah. There's so much going on. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's awesome. Well, guys, please take your time out and do yourself a favor. Just listen to some James Brown stuff. And then you guys can just go on Wikipedia and find out if it was. Jabo or if it was Clyde or if it was both of them and just just find out. I mean this stuff really changed the world like Mike was saying. I mean there's complete genres of music that rhythmically are built around these two guys' grooves. And once again, it needs to be noted that as influential as this man was and as much as every drummer on the planet has taken something from him, he still was one of the nicest guys that we ever had in the industry. So, yeah, exactly. Um, You can be a titan of your industry and still be a kind human being. And he proved that for sure. So check out Clyde Stubblefield. From Clyde over to Turkey. (laughs) That's right. Checking out some gear review stuff. So these are the Istanbul Mehmet X ray special effects symbols. Yes. Um, Uh,
1: This was their uh, foray into the, you know, drill a bunch of holes in the symbols sound, (laughs) which.
0: That's got to be an awesome meeting, right?
1: Like, hey, you
0: know those uh, things that we've worked generation after generation to make gorgeous and amazing and incredible? Can we just
1: drill through them? It's just yeah. like, yeah, how big? How big of a hole do you want to put in it?
0: And then like, you know, they're like in Turkey having this meeting and somebody's like, so why do you want to do that? Uh, in America, they want that. Yeah. Yep. They, they want, yeah, can we they do want, that want broken self. symbols.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, no, yeah, all, I guess. All kidding aside,
1: I mean, it's a sound that that's being, you know, it's a funny, the holy symbol sound, when I hear other people play it, I'm like. Dang, that's really cool. It, whenever I play them, I just don't—they don't really suit my taste. I don't know why. Yeah. but I don't, I'm not no, sure why I it think, is. They sound good from afar, but something about up close for me, I'm it's, missing it's, something.
0: It, it no, I mean, I think it's just the way you play and the way that what we're trying to get out of our instrument, and then. I don't wish I could grab an 18 or a 20 of one of these and put it on Steve Jordan's kit, but I would run to Richard Spaven's kit with one and put yeah. it on his. Yeah, right. So it, yeah. it really just depends on your style. Um, they are fantastic at, at what they do for sure. So are these, I'm on their website right now, but are these like top level symbols? Oh, yeah. I mean, or, it's, it's, okay.
1: it's the, um, they don't, I don't think Mehmet makes anything that's not. Uh, they just make B twenty or B twenty five. I'm not sure what Got alloy is. Everything they make is just legit full. It just is traditional symbols. So they they have three versions of it. The random is um, kind of the most. Uh, well, it has the, the biggest and most holes in it. I think I didn't count them. Maybe the other ones had smaller holes. But there's big holes, like large holes, and then medium sized holes all throughout. Then there's the multi, which has a lot of small holes kind of more like what yep. zildjian's doing and then they have the uh, x-ray six which has six big holes sort of like the ozone that sabian's doing and they all offered a you know a completely different sound the, the random um they were actually surprisingly smooth sounding uh, but they're all they're all fast trashy kind of gnarly effects now that, did
0: you have any of them in hi-hats
1: yeah they sent uh um, the
0: random and the multis come in hats right
1: yeah, they sent the Maltese. I believe in addition to the 14s, I got some 16s, which were really kind of neat. Um. They have that. I like the holy hi hats are cool because they sound like a broken drum machine hi hat sample. Yeah, for That's sure. That's kind of like all they do. You can't really like spang a lang on them or do anything no. like that. <laughs> 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 Get your popcorn. But if you're going to like go for uh, you know a Daru Jones or someone like that's that's playing hip hop style on live drums these are these are cool they sound broken but not you know not completely uh they still have some tone to them cool so they're all cool i think um i think everyone needs to have some crazy stuff in their cymbal bag i mean i was saying that these don't necessarily satisfy my aesthetic but if if given the opportunity to play electronic music i would definitely have these in there
0: right and in uh, and in, in fairness to assemble like when you say these don't satisfy your aesthetic, they don't in Sabian, Peisty, Minel, no, or Zildjian Just, just the concept of a symbol, just the concept, with holes right? Yeah. So, I mean, but you have reviewed Peisty's version of this stuff. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've done the the sand, uh, the trash crashes from Minel back yep. in the day. Are Are these awesome at what they do? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: um, they are. I would say they're they're just similar i mean because okay. they're probably closer to the meinel and the uh the zildjian special drives which we'll talk about later than they are sure. to the pisces because the pisces i checked out were the b8 bronze so they were right right, right. a different sound a little bit sure. trashier a little bit brighter so these still have some of that kind of like warm undertones yeah um so yeah
0: yeah I- I listened uh, to some samples of these. I haven't heard you play them yet, which I will hear shortly. Uh, but uh, I listened to some samples of them, and they, in the minor world, they reminded me of the, um, the vintage series because they have the whole sandblasted series. They, these are a little yep. more buttery in that trashy sound. So. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Awesome. So we're going to just, instead of listening to all three, because I think the recording is like three minutes long. Right. The first set on the video demo, which is on, it'll be in the show notes. It's also on moderndrummer.com. That is the random series. So I think that's the 16-inch hi-hats and maybe a 16 and an 18-inch crash. Well, let's give it a listen. okay so you got wow. to hear them finally in the show so what was yeah. your immediate thoughts
0: those are awesome man uh they they actually are butterier <laughs> more buttery <They're, laughs> more buttery <laughs> they uh they contain no trans fats no they they sound <laughs> great um but they they are pretty smooth I love the hi-hats when they're not open yeah love them they sound fantastic so I would probably use those as some X-hats off to my right and keep Mm -hmm. them clamped down like no extra pedal or anything yep um and then the crashes, I think, yeah, man, I, I would use... Did you say you had an 18 and a 20? I think it's a, those were a
1: 16 and 18, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So I'd
0: probably put that 18 over to my right as my effect symbol in place of a China. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crashy. It's right in between China and crash. So I, I think those are awesome. And as a minor guy, I have all of the trash crash symbols. I, I think they're definitely up there quality-wise. I mean, it would just be if you're like uh, an Istanbul guy and fan or girl and fan, then it's like, cool, you guys offer that thing that I've been looking for. I don't have yeah. to buy it in a different company now. So yeah, I think exactly. that's awesome. No, they sound great. Um, your playing wasn't too bad either. <laughs> that was an old 68 Ludwig <laughs> kit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Got that little, I liked it, little uh, bio bass drum happening. Dude, yeah, your yeah. bass drum sounded great. Yeah, what was
1: that? That's a, that's a 20 inch 68 Ludwig with the original single ply heads on it. I haven't changed What did you have for a beater, though? A wood beater.
0: Man, yeah, dirty, <laughs> dirty. I like it, sounded good, man. Yeah, th- those sound fantastic. So, guys, you can just go to Istanbul Mehmet, M E H M E T dot com. And then, this this line that we are talking about is called the X ray line. So, Istanbul uh, check out the symbols, and then uh, you would go to X experience range, and then all the way down to the bottom to the X-ray line. And you can check those out there, and you'll find a dealer. All right, it is time to get into some of your listener questions. We only have time for a couple because, as
1: I mentioned before, i got to get on a plane to England. So it is lightning round. Lightning round. Okay, so first one comes from Bill. He says, Can you speak to how the beginning-slash-novice drummer can anchor the rhythm section when playing with more experienced players? What are the expectations from the veteran musicians? Uh, what should the expectations for the novice drummer be? Um, how is it? You know, basically, he's asking the same question. So yeah. What? <laughs> how can a beginner novice drummer anchor the rhythm section when playing with more experienced one, players? One sentence. Less
0: is more. Yeah, exactly. Less is more. Like, honestly, <laughs> if you just did this. every bass player can play whatever the hell they want boom <laughs> better yeah. like but if you start going bump to game but to, don't don't chi <laughs> it It's it, 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 <laughs> <grapple> game over so less is more just really
1: really think about Steve Jordan less is more yep and my uh my two cents would be if you're the beginner novice you shouldn't be the anchor let the bass player be the anchor listen to him let him guide you sit on top of his groove and don't slow down. Or her, <clears throat> his or hers groove and don't slow down.
0: <laughs> My last bass player was uh, a female, so that's why. I was, <laughs> and she was the anchor. She was the she. She knew she was much better at time than I was. All right, next.
1: Okay. Uh, that You know what? That one's gonna take forever. Next. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Caleb. I've been playing drones for over twelve years, but lately it just seems harder and harder to play. Mainly due to having space in our house and the mm-hmm. noise. Um, I really miss playing music, but I'm considering learning to play bass. Uh, Do you think this is a good idea? Or should I try to find somewhere in the house to still have my drums or buy some of the Zildjian low-volume cymbals and Remo silent stroke heads? I think it's all of the above.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, I just set up my drum set in a new house. And so it's in our office. And I used my 18-inch Gretsch uh, new classic. So you could just... Uh, or Catalina or whatever. Um, but I went to Aquarian super pads on all the drums and then I just, um, um, actually and I'm using the Aquarian came out with super pads for the symbols at NAMM. So, and um, I'm, I'm literally, I mean, I can't play it like midnight, but I can play all day and it doesn't bother anybody. And that's what the door closed. And I just have it in the little corner of the house. And then adding bass into the mix would just make you a better musician
1: overall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if I could do it all over again, I would have started with bass and and added drums later. Because nice. I'm learning it now, and it's I'm able to use my drumming, my my rhythmic control that I learned from drumming to make my bass playing okay. But I don't have the vocabulary yet. So, right. yeah, I would say do it both. I mean, just, just make sure you're doing something creative, something in music. Um yeah. Next I love it. Next one's coming from Redo. This will be our, our third and final question. So this is uh, Redo from Switzerland. He's playing in a rock band, and he plays with a relatively light stick, a 7A, which I would say is not relatively light. That's very light. Right. Uh, it feels good to him, to me. However, in certain grooves, like the halftime shuffle, I feel that a little bit of rebound is missing. Do you suggest to go to a heavier stick? Um, he's basically looking for insights into our thoughts on stick sizes and i have um <clears throat> i'm just reviewing just finished writing a review on the new vic firth uh, modern jazz collection
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a model in there that is was designed by jeff ballard it's a maple stick it's about the 5b thickness but it has a small barrel tip so it gives you the light feel and the clean cymbal sound of us a, of a 7a or something skinny but it's a bigger stick that fits your hand and i think that's that would be my answer. Get a maple stick that's in a 5A, 5B size. That was the exact thing I was going to say.
0: So, um, yeah, and maple is where it's at. All right, let's go to our picks. Picks of the week. Well, my pick is something that will allow you to sit on the couch, and everyone loves that. So it's a Netflix show. Uh, if you've heard me re- recommend Chef's Table a million times in a row, it's a, a little similar to that. The show is called "Abstract: The Art of Design," and so instead of uh, doing a documentary or a docu series on chefs, they are doing a docu series on designers. These are people that are at the top of their field for architecture, graphic design, uh, automotive industry. Uh, I mean, everything you can think of stage design and each episode is one designer. So it really chronicles it. But when you see people design or you see people cook and you see the greatest in the world and you get real insight into their vision and their life and how they see the world, it can't help but influence how you see the drum set. It's a very creative instrument. So, uh, definitely check out abstract. It's filmed really well. It's on Netflix, but the people that they, uh, kind of check out it's just incredible so abstract on
1: netflix what about you Sweet. buddy mine is i've had this this old wave drum not not the original yeah. wave drum but i've had the you've new been using one. it yeah and it's been just sitting in a closet for for years because i just never wanted to dig out my effects racks and mess with it but i finally just got it wired up and so i have the wave drum which which is a cool instrument if you haven't checked it out it's not a midi electronic pad it's it's a weird combination of it has a like a like a contact mic or something built into it or a piezo mic or something, so it actually picks up the audio from what you play on it, so you can play with brushes, you can play with mallets, you can play it with sticks, you can play with your hands, and wow. then it uses that signal to then trigger sounds within it so you're getting like this weird mix of synthetic sounds and and live kind of dynamics but you know so it's it's really kind of like a you know, it's more of an instrument than it is a, a, a electronic pad, right? So I've been messing around with that, and I hooked it up to an old Jamman looper, and I run it through a bunch of like distortion and just weird effects. I don't even know what they are that I've collected over the years, and it's been a lot of fun to. First of all, figure out how to get something that that sounds interesting out of the wave drum because it's kind of overwhelming to be like, ugh, I just can hit these blips and blops and what do I what do I do with this?" So, sure. It's been opening me up creatively to try to create these rhythmic vamps that I can then loop with the jam man and then try to play over top of them when there's no click track and it's not perfectly looping. It's never like 100% perfect. Sure. So, I'm having to play along with them and and just try to make it feel natural and Make comfortable. It feel good. So it's been a lot of well, fun
0: and I think there It's been awesome to watch, man.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I think I might I might have maxed out, but I don't know. I'll give it another week to see how much more I can get out of it, but uh, the new one is called the Global Edition, Wave Drum Global Edition. I think it has more world music stuff in it. Oh, cool. I have the one from a few years back that's the casing silver. The new one's blue. And it's just a little bit more like strange stuff, a lot of
0: And it so is Wave the company? No, it's wave drum
1: Korg. Korg is the company. Oh, it's Korg. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Korg wave drum. The original version, which came out years ago, was really high end, and that's the one that Will Calhoun uses when he does clinics. It's got like a wood case, and you know, it's it's probably a little bit more uh, sturdy and and stable. But I don't know if you can even find those. So, right. It's worth checking out if you just need something different to kind of inspire you to, you know, get out of your of a rut. That's kind of what it did for me. Uh, but you kind of need other effects and something Cause just playing the wave drum by itself it sounds cool but really when you start throwing through distortion pedals and then loop it that's when it kind of opened up like oh I can instead of playing to a metronome I can play along to my own patterns without that's having awesome. to program them or do anything like that you just play them loop them go so what Korg wave drum there Check you go. It out. I, yeah, it's
0: been fun watching your videos too. So, uh and if guys if you don't already follow Mike on Instagram, what is your handle on Instagram? Uh Mike Dawson Drums. Nice. And I am typing it in right now cuz I don't know it. I am drumteacher76 <laughs> on Instagram. So, you can keep up with us there, and you might uh, get stuck with a few astronomy videos, but you'll be all right. So. <laughs> all right, everybody, have a fantastic week. I will uh, report back next week once I uh, on my travels to England. Like I said, if you guys are out there, please come by. I would just love to hang out with you and get to meet you in person my only trip uh over there this year so come on out to the phoenix theater on saturday night at 7 p.m in castleford all right buddy i will talk to you soon man have a safe trip later brother